bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Oh boy, it's a special Fantasy Football World Championship show here at Red vs. Blue. Hello everybody, Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, usually joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky. I tell you what we're going to do. He is at a live draft right now in Kentucky. Mike, uh, I know you can't join us for long. Tell us what's going on. Where are you? Yeah, uh, I'm here in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky for the uh, Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football uh, Championship. And they're having one heck of a draft. Uh, We're watching it right now as we speak. Uh, We're in round, uh, let's see, 11. And what I'm seeing is – you know, it's, it's kind of the same old theme. You know, it's uh, you get the running backs early, those three, and then. But I saw uh, Peyton got drafted in the first round, and then Aaron in the uh, second round, along with Drew Brees in the second round. So, a couple quarterbacks just got drafted right off the board real quick. Mike, is this a is this a quarterback uh, scoring heavy league? Did you read the rules before you joined this yeah. league? Yes, absolutely. Uh, six points. Six points. Six points for uh, uh, for throwing touchdown and uh, passing touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, Mike, it's, uh, it's, it, it's it's been said that the, the 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 bottles sort of rack up around your draft table like a recycling center of sorts. It, what, can can you give us a a, a, a a taste of what's going on there at the table. How many how many beer cans, bottles? What are we talking about here? Oh, we're talking about a lot. We're talking about a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> these guys are these guys are going nuts. Uh, you know, they just uh, read on the runs and uh, they go with the runs and things like that. So, uh, but what I'm seeing that you know after the first two rounds, everything kind of settles in uh, with uh, wide receivers and. Uh, Running backs, uh, tight ends, they just kind of fit in the way they should. All right, that's that expert analysis we've come to grow and love uh, from Michael Trent. Mike, good luck tonight. Take them down, buddy. We appreciate you checking in here for Red vs. Blue. Go get them, right, buddy. Man. Hey, Go hey, get them. Have a great, have a great show, and uh, we're going to knock them out some more. All right, that's Michael Trent, uh, the blue side of Red vs. Blue, and look. I, I, it's going to be a shame that we don't have Mike tonight and the buzzer meter uh, won't be going off, but I'm, I'm joined by uh, one of the great Hall of Famers of all time in fantasy, the guy that I've uh, definitely <clears throat> grown really close to over the couple of years that I've been with the Fantasy Football World Championship. Our commissioner, Emil Cadlick, uh, will join us tonight. Emil, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> Absolutely. Loud and clear, everybody. Glad that you could be on Red versus Blue. We did this a couple of weeks ago. 
the Fantasy Football World Championship Draft Selection Show. It was an awesome show. It was probably one of the better shows we've done in a while. We had guests rolling in and out all throughout the program, and we've got some really good guests tonight that, uh, that we want to bring in. It'll be a shorter program this week. Uh, it's, only, it's an hour show, uh, but we have 90 more draft slots to announce for players who who've, uh, have uh, paid for their main event balance in full. And they get to uh, – it's like Christmas, Mike. Uh, uh, Amel, we, I, I'm calling you Mike now. It's like Christmas when you get your draft slot because why is that? Tell everybody at home, why is this day so important for the, for the main event drafters? Well, you focus in. You focus in on exactly where you're drafting. So now you can do the mocks and you can study and uh, just prepare and prepare and prepare. You know exactly where you're drafting all the way down. It makes a big difference. People love to be prepared for these big high-stakes drafts. I know I do. I think I used to. It used to mean a lot more to me than it does now because I'm. Uh, I, I you know I, I now it just doesn't matter to me where I draft, but I do kind of like to get my bearings about what kind of strategy I'm going to lay out. And, and I've done so many drafts now that I kind of know if I'm if I'm drafting early, I'm kind of doing this for the first three rounds because I know who's going to be there in the second and third. Do you have a preference anymore? I mean, I know you're still drafting. So if anybody thinks that you're retired, you're not retired at all by any stretch. You're still going strong, man. So uh, is there a, is there a draft preference for you? Do you feel the same way this year? Or? Well, I'm always uh, – I just have a natural uh, – I don't like to draft high in the first round and take who's supposed to do well. I like being in the second half of the first round, like eight or nine, where hopefully something will fall in my lap and I get an early second-round pick. I just like that. I like I like letting people take all the big-shot players. Because lately, most of them fail. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, I've just gotten that pick a lot lately. But you're right. I mean, whatever you end up, you you got to figure out where people are with your uh, uh, mock drafts and such. You know, if you get a high first round pick, you know, maybe you're going to go for a receiver in the second round. Is is Marshall or uh, Alshon Jeffrey is going to be there? Whoever you're looking for, and so you need you know, and if it's not, you, have, you may want to modify how you approach the first round or the third or fourth round. So you're really studying the ADPs and different options you can go with, depending on where you are. Is, yeah, I mean, you can draft anywhere. People draft anywhere, but they but they prefer certain things. But studying, once you know it, is important. And by the way, Emil Cadlick is, Cadlick is the uh, commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championship. Some call him the godfather of the high-stakes fantasy football industry for his uh, origins and beginnings in the World Championship of Fantasy Football years ago when we all sort of got our start. Emil, you and Lenny took that uh, leap of faith that 600 people would come out to Vegas and, and draft, uh, come out for their big fantasy football draft, plop down, what was it then, $1,200, $1,500, something like that, and it was it was $200,000 yeah, grand prize right off the bat. Yeah, what, we were pretty crazy, old Lenny and I. But we got 552 the first year and made money the first year and never, you know, they're always in the positive. And it was a great event to, to start up. You know, it was really exciting, and it's still exciting today. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's all become more of an industry, and uh, when yeah. people show up for our draft, they're not just people. They're Now they're like almost family members, you know. We, we, it's, it's like a family reunion when we come to these drafts, which is pretty neat. Well, that's what – and that's what started it all. And I think by last count, I think it's somewhere around 2,200 or so teams are expected uh, in the uh, national competitions this year all across the industry, uh, all across the country. So it's really cool to see how this has grown just from that one leap of faith from you guys uh, years ago. But this is a big show. This is about 
the world, the Fantasy Football World Championship Year Three, uh, brought to you by uh, Scout uh, Fantasy Scout dot com. Uh, it's pretty pretty exciting stuff to be a part of now. And uh, look, we're still the uh, still the events are at the Mirage, uh, the the live draft starting on September fourth through the sixth. The drafts kick off actually this year the Emil Cadillac Invitational Wednesday, September third. If you are in Vegas and you're coming in early, definitely make sure you stop by and and see us at the Emil Cadillac Invitational draft. Uh, it's in the Nassau boardroom, so you'll definitely want to come see us and and get your picture taken with Emil and. It's it's going to be a special way to kick things off uh, the third the third annual uh, fantasy football world championship. Then on Thursday, September fourth, look that's kickoff night, right? And so we start off the big draft on Thursday morning at nine a.m. The Commander Five K League. That's an awesome league. Twelve of the best players in the world. And we we're not done there at at one o'clock. Right after that draft, it's double your pleasure, double your fun. The Ten K Top Gun League. Ten thousand dollar entry fee for this league. Twelve individuals. There's still two spots left, I think, uh, as of last night. We have two spots left, so definitely jump in there. If you're, if you're wanting to take on the best players in the world, that's the draft to do it. It'll be in the Mirage Grand Ballroom, uh, we, and then we'll head immediately after that draft, we'll head over to the Sportsbook. We'll watch the Seattle uh, Green Bay Packer game. That's in Seattle, right? So that's the, the, the opening night kickoff game, Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, Jordy and Cobb. Uh, and all those weapons taking on the Seattle Seahawks and the ground game and Marshawn Lynch. We get to see Percy Harvin. Man, it, it's just going to be so awesome. The, the party is in the sports book, guys. I, I don't know if I can say that enough times. I say it, I think, every Friday night. The party is in the sports book lounge. We have that whole place reserved for the FFWC main event players. Definitely come and sign up for the main event. You can get in and, and watch that, uh, those games with us. And then finally, to top it off on the September 4th night, after the game, the, the workers come in, they set up the draft table where everybody was just partying and watching the games, and we have the Mirage Invitational Draft right there in the sports book. Everybody's watching, trying to find out what the heck is going on. We were there last year, Emil, and it was pretty cool to see the draft happening just feet away from the sports book and the big screens watching the game, and, and everybody's wondering what the heck is going on. Yeah, it was. It's a fun day because you've got the early drafts. You can come and watch at nine o'clock in the grand ballroom, and then you have a game, and then you get to see the effects of the game. And by golly, last year was some huge effects. Not only uh, Peyton Manning, but uh, Julius Thomas. Uh, some people knew about yeah. him, but how well he did—he yeah. just jumped, jumped all over the place. But Incredible. it's a special time, and it's a, not, a fun day. And you can gather information if you're just getting prepared for your drafts on Friday. And Saturday, you can sit and watch these people draft and look at the draft boards, et cetera. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that day. That's going to be a lot of fun. We also have That's auction the, in the middle of the day, too. Which, we do. Uh, we do have the you know, auction. Is, uh, that league is sold out. Yeah, and that, yeah, I mean, to watch it because we're sold out. But very, yeah. I love auctions, and so watching these guys auction is really a lot of fun. And we will have a, and you're right, we will have a spectator area for these drafts. So we do ask that you keep it reserved. We don't want people – you know, carrying on too much, but it, look, they, they, they are there to concentrate, and they're spending a lot of money on those leagues, so we do ask that you be respectful. But uh, it is definitely something that people watch, and look, I see people taking notes on just about every player, where they're going. They take those back to their room that night, because Friday at 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock are the next main event sessions, and then on Saturday morning, the Big Daddy uh, main event session, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, uh, we honor our past champions, Glenn Lowy and Matt Bailey, and the former uh, world champions from the from the previous iteration, 
and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. That's just when everything though it's all it's all a blur until finally Sunday. All the games are kicking off uh, for our viewing party. I think we're the only national contest uh, company in the country that has a viewing party sponsored for their players. And you know, come in and eat some brats and some dogs and some burgers and and some some beers and watch all the games in one room where we're all together. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun, and it will be just amazing. At one o'clock Eastern. Well, it's ten o'clock, right? It's in Vegas. It's ten o'clock in the morning, and the games are kicking off. You just <laughs> literally roll out of bed, and and the games are on. It's just such a mind trip for me, but uh, it's just awesome. So definitely, I encourage it. It's a great chat room tonight. The crew here at Red vs. Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Thank you for joining us tonight. Doctor Roto will be here to break down draft strategy, and a newcomer to Red vs. Blue, Emil Chris Eibel, and. I got to tell you guys, if you oh, cool. if you haven't been checking out the Global Player Index, I'm going to put a, a link to it in the chat room right now. This is Emil Cadlick's design and creation from from years ago, and uh, Emil, everybody's always shocked and surprised when I when I when they come into the World Championship, and then I start talking to them about their past teams. They're like, "What are you talking about? What? How do you know, do you know about that? me?" And then I send them the link, and they're completely blown away. We I always tell them, "We've been watching you since the beginning." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of work done on that darn thing, but people really enjoy it. And uh, you know, obviously, it's a ranking of a lot of the high stakes. Of all the high stakes that have gone on since 2002, and uh, yeah. it's a blast. It really is kind of neat. It is. And this uh, this player that we have on tonight, Chris Eibel, is joining us. And his record speaks for itself. Sometimes you you have um, you have players that just kind of slip through the cracks, so to speak. And when I saw Chris Eibel sign up, uh, come through, the first thing I did was I pulled him up and I said, "Hey, who is this guy that's jumping into the fantasy football world championships?" And bam! All of a sudden, I see this record, and guys, it's unbelievable uh, what he's been able to do. To be honest with you, I've seen a lot of these over the years, and I don't think I've seen one quite as impressive. As this, so we're going to talk to Chris Eibel tonight as well. Five, uh, five, seven of the nine national competitions that he's entered, he made the championship round, which is totally unheard of. And then out of those seven attempts, four top fifteen finishes. My, I mean, Emil, I, I was happy when mm-hmm. I got my first top fifteen finish. I can't imagine doing it four times, and he's only been doing this since two thousand nine. So it's that it's a really incredible yeah, a pretty, resume. Uh, pretty efficient. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's easy to change his name. Rex Grossman is just, of course, the, maybe uh, maybe it's changed this year already. I don't know, but that, that's a tough name to have for your team. He'll name. join us. He'll, he'll join <laughs> us tonight. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, the, the caller from the two three nine area code right now. Two three nine, you're on the air with Red versus Blue. You mean me, Doctor Roto's on with you? Oh, two three nine. What are you masking your number now? What is this? No, I didn't mask anything. That's Dunk City, baby. Two three nine is Dunk City. That's where we're hanging out. Uh, Doctor Roto joins us. Uh, I heard you today on Sirius XM, and all of a sudden the Roto Bowl signups just started flooding in. Everybody wanted to come and take you on, dude. Are you going to take that thing down this year? Or are you you're not playing around now? Uh, I mean, I, I was I, number 11 last year going into the playoffs before, like, four guys on my team got hurt in the last couple weeks. I, if I don't get a top 10 this year, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dr. Roto, uh, welcome back to Red versus Blue, and Emil Cadlick is back with us to announce some draft positions. Emil, let's get right to it. 
I know you've got some draft positions that you want to announce, and, and I thought we would do it this way. Since we have Dr. Roto here, let's just keep it very simple and clean for the listeners at home. And we're going to just, since there's only 90 picks, let's go ahead and read off the ones through the threes, and then we'll ask Dr. Roto about his approach to getting an early pick in a draft. So go ahead, ones through threes, Emil. All right. Draft slot number one. Brian Owens, Nelson Souza, Robert Ellingson, Jerry Bryant, Dave Azrani, and Kyle Stein. Draft slot number two, Brandon Shammy, Julian Hillary, Kenneth Ford, Stephen Rusick, Rusky, Rucky, I forget how he pronounced that one, mm-hmm. Rucky, and uh, Nelson Souza again, Mike Santos, David, Mac, what is it, Macus, Macaus, yep. and uh, Kenneth Norred. Draft slot number three, David Azrani, Edward Nolan, pardon? Yep. David Nolan, Jim Restivo, and Brian Schneider. All right, that's the uh, top three picks there, yeah. Edward Nolan is gridiron Irishman, great fantasy player. Uh, Mike Santos and Kurt Kikis. We'll make sure we get Kurt Kikis' name on there. Stephen Rucky, Dave Osraney. I, I know all these guys because I talk to them. You can't be expected to know everybody. Uh, uh, Emil, the, the top three picks, thank you for, for doing that. And Emil oversees all of the draft uh, selections here at the World Championship. Uh, Dr. Roto, what do you think about an early pick when you get it this year? Is there a negative connotation to it to, from what, you're, what you've seen so far? Is it, is it, is it apathetic? Or, or what, what do you take on it from an early pick? You know, in years past, you've had that one guy, whether it be Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson. You knew who the number one was. This year, I'm not so convinced. I could go Jamal Charles. I can go LaShawn McCoy. I mean, either one of those guys. If I, if I had number two, it's almost easier because I'll just take whoever's left there. I think when you have a top three pick like that, the advantage comes in round two and round three, and here's what I mean. There are normally mistakes in a draft. If there's a mistake made anywhere in the end of round one or round two, I'm going to be there to pick up that mistake at the end of that round. So I like that pick for that point. I like it for that second and third round pick. I like the fourth and fifth round. As we move on, I tend to want to have a a pick more in the middle, but certainly the first five rounds, I'm pretty happy to be at the end there. Dr. Roto uh, joins us tonight on Red versus Blue. And, look, it, it, with the Fantasy Football World Championship and Roto Bowl scoring and format, it's one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, a defense, and two flex. You have to start 11 guys every week, so that's skill-oriented. And then it's that three wide receivers that's always sticking for everybody. So is there a situation that would present itself that you would, you would take and, and encourage a Calvin Johnson pick? Look, there's a lot of turnover at the running back position every year. Calvin is a steady as they come and as elite as they come, especially when you're seeing backs like Le'Veon Bell falling. Like last night in the Roto Bowl, Le'Veon Bell, Foster, and Andre Ellington and Doug Martin all fell to that 2-3 turn. So would you ever advocate Calvin in the first three picks? Uh, I think I would. I, I do. I think it's a great pick. I think the only difference for me, and I might even put Calvin over Peterson, Okay, I'm not sure I put Calvin over Charles or McCoy because those guys do catch more passes, especially Jamal Charles. But I don't think you can go wrong with Calvin Johnson. I've been telling people this year, 
I love the two wide receiver theory in the first two rounds. If you go Calvin and then you come back in round two with, let's say, uh, I don't know, a Jordy Nelson type, yep. I think you're yep. well on your way to being very competitive in, in, in a Roto Bowl. So I have no problem doing that. Jordy, by the way, went at 2-1 last night in the Roto Bowl, not to, uh, wow. to, to def- deflate. But he has been going early in the, uh, in the FFWC world. I think people realize what they've got there with a, with a healthy Jordy. Okay, Emil, uh, that's, the, that's the first three picks. Let's go to four through six, the middle range there. I, I'm kind of really favoring the middle range because I would love to get my hands on a Calvin Demarius Dez kind of guy. All right. Draft slot number four, Chris Eibel. Who oh, we were talking about before. Yep. Paul Dietzman, Daniel Krimmel, Todd Brick, Brian Alford, Vince Barkman, mm-hmm. and Anthony Venuti. That's it for four. We'll move to five. Ah, this is going to be a fun one. Evangelos Lillis. I'm sure I messed that up. Mike Kennard. Paul Felker, Jeff Manns, and Al Williams of Fantasy Alarm. Those Uh-oh. are the top for picks. Slot number five. Those are the the four for number five. That sounded clumsy, but that's slot pick number five. Moving to six, Brian Owens, Kimra Sleicher, Rob Zarzecki, the, the poker dude, Jerome Davis, <laughs> Our buddy Simeon Yarborough, Foxy's boys. He's a fun guy to hang out with at the drafts. Brian Alford, Aaron Matlock, Vortex, and John Rosick. Those are four through six. Yeah, and you can uh, the, the, you can read I, some of those names. Uh, John Rosick, one of the he was number one overall in the world. So it's it's interesting to hear those names uh, come out. Uh, Dr. Roto, four through six, real quick. Look, you're going to get one of those running backs if you want one, and then it's all about picking wide receiver, uh, a Calvin, and then for the most part, it's you have to flip a coin between Demarius and Dez, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the call. Yeah, I think you're looking at, at four, probably Forte, maybe Calvin, maybe Adrian Peterson. That's that's you're looking yeah. at four. Five, six, I mean, clearly, like you said, I think you're looking at that other guy, whether it's Calvin Forte, Adrian Peterson, and six, you're looking at Demarius Thomas and Dez Bryant. Those are the right picks there. I would certainly take Demarius Thomas at six. I like Des Bryant, but, man, Demarius Thomas is just real, just special to me. And, of course, he has Peyton Manning versus Tony Romo. I know their schedule is tough, but I'm really happy taking Demarius Thomas at six. So when do you think you know, about the tight end? Yeah, there you oh, go. I, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't touch a tight end. I mean, I, I'm much happier waiting on Jordan Cameron. Dennis Pitta. I think people who jump on Jimmy Graham will regret that pick. I said that from early on in June, and I'll and I'll hold to it. I just think your roster, you have to get a lot, have to be very lucky, and I, you know it's hard enough to be lucky without Jimmy Graham. I, I think it's a mistake. You know, I, I've, I've uh, Dr. Roto joins us. Emil Cadlick, the commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championships. Mike is out tonight. He's drafting in Kentucky tonight. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that about tight end, that they're waiting for tight end, but, but, but there are a lot of people in number crunchers out there that look at the points, and they say, look at the point differential. Jimmy Graham is probably the safest player in the draft, and we saw that even tonight when he scored a touchdown with a backup quarterback. But Jimmy Graham's so safe, the spread and the VBD component, you know, the, the guys who still use VBD to this day say use it for the early rounds if you're going to use it, right? 
and if it's if if there is any value to it, it's only in the early rounds, right? Otherwise, there is no use to it because in the World Championships, when you're competing against hundreds and hundreds of other players, you have to be, you know, rooting for or or drafting for that huge ceiling, right? Not so much as the, the guaranteed points, but you're looking for that huge ceiling. So VBD kind of goes out the window after the first. But what what do you say to those guys who say, Doctor Rowe, that Jimmy Graham is going to score outscore? you know, that average tight end by a ton of points, whereas the wide receivers, I, I, can get a, I can get them later or I can get my wide receivers next and then get my handcuff running backs. Yeah, no, no, I, I can't deny them. I, and, and I'm a number cruncher too. I will tell you that Jimmy Graham has, you know, 50 points more than the next tight end. I will agree with that. I think the problem comes in the drop-off later on when you're looking for more depth. It's harder to find that running back depth because now let's say you take Graham one, right, in the first round. Now let's say you take a wide receiver with your second pick. Now your third-round running back is your first guy. I just think the drop-off becomes too much, and as we move further in the draft, if I do the numbers and I chart all the numbers, I think it becomes a mistake. The real mistake is when people take Jimmy Graham and they lock it with a Peyton Manning. Then you have no depth at the running back or receiver. So I get what they're saying. I don't deny what they're saying. If you look at the sheer numbers, what if Jimmy Graham is out for three weeks? What if he's out for two weeks? You're in big trouble there. I just don't like the move. And we'll, uh, I'll, we'll, we will be seeing your video on tight ends probably, what, coming up tomorrow or the next day. I think you've got a tight end video that you're releasing. I saw the wide receiver one day. I thought it was awesome, by the way. You can check out uh, Dr. Roto's videos at scoutfantasy.com. Not fantasyscout.com. Scoutfantasy.com. Uh, Amal Cadlick, uh, you just read off the four through the six, and you've got people kind of going crazy in the chat room that are still waiting for their picks. So let's move on to seven, eight, and nine. This is a real interesting part of the draft. All right. Slot number seven, Paul Dietzman, uh, Piotti Wu, Nelson Souza, Andres Bryson, Nelson Souza again. Uh, Sanjeev Wad, Wad, Wadwa, I guess it would be. <laughs> and I'm sure I got that wrong. And our buddy again, Simeon Yarborough, gets in the slot seven also. And Stephen, let's see, Velasvisky. Veselovisky, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah these are uh, tough ones. Baby these are tough Panda uh, Bloodbath is the team, his name. So he's the last seven. Baby Panda On to eight. Number slot number eight, Mike Sizek, uh, Nelson Souza, and Nelson Souza. Lots of teams by Nelson Souza. Scott uh, Wilkie, Rashad Cobb, and uh, Paddock, and Chris Correa. Correa. Number nine, George Holland, John Ho. Michael Schulte, Matt Bailey, never heard of him, just kidding. <laughs> Timothy uh, Ballou, uh-huh. Ryan Little, William Sucher, and William Sucher. Two teams with the same pick, nine. His studying goes down a lot right there. Jeff and Joe Hillings, Glenn Lowy, last year's uh, uh-huh. champion of the FFWC. Oh, those are that's the, you're, you're into the ten. You're you're into the ten. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was the first ten. I apologize. Yeah. I didn't need a carriage. Yeah. Erase that. Yeah. Glenn Lloyd does it, not have a nice that. pick. The last one is Jeff and Joe Hilling. 
There you go. And Kunal Amin. Kunal Amin. Steeman Willie Beeman. I love that team name. Dr. Roto, 7, 8, and 9 yeah, there from Emil that you just heard. Uh, lots of challenging names there, by the way, dude. Yeah, you did a very good job of that. Time. Yeah, kudos. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, nice, no, nice, no, no, no I didn't. <laughs> but I tried. I got the first I, name I think right. I like the Baby Panda Bloodbath name. That's pretty unique. Baby Panda Bloodbath. <laughs> uh, 7, 8, yeah. and 9, Dr. Roto, let's talk about them. This is the area where you probably missed out on. You probably get one of the Calvin, Demarius, Dez that fell, so it's probably Demarius or Dez that you have your hands on. And then you have to decide also between an Eddie Lacy uh, and possibly one of those other wide receivers like A.J. Green. Yeah, the seven is actually easy because I think the seven, if Demarius or Dez, whichever guy falls in your lap, you take him and you go, thank you very much. Right. Eight and nine become a little dicey at this point. Not that I don't like yeah. the eight and nine. But you're looking at, like you said, Eddie Lacy, A.J. Green. Do you have the, the uh, gumption to take Giovanni Bernard there, who I know you like, Scott, who has terrific upside? I'm an Antonio Brown kind of guy and really think that he's a top-five receiver. What about Brandon Marshall? I think right here at that eight, there are a lot of names I like, nobody I love. Uh, I'd probably go Lacy, but I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm not warm and fuzzy about it. And you did not say – I'm very shocked at you tonight, Dr. Roto. You did not say uh, your, your, your child there, Julio Jones-Roto. Yeah, he's, he's probably, for me, in that 10, 11, 12. And you know what? He's, if I get him in the second round, I'm loving it. But I think I'm looking at Julio Jones-Roto in 10, 11, 12, preferably on that turn. That's where I want to see him there. I still take – maybe I'm wrong on this one. I take A.J. Green. I take Antonio Brown and Brandon Marshall before Julio Jones-Roto. It's very tough. This is a very tough spot. This is when it's all about decision-making because you really the, – the other picks have just been kind of stock, stock, lock, stock, and barrel. You, it's, it's pretty much decided. I mean, you can go running back or wide receiver depending on the Calvin area, but for the most part, those guys are set in stone. They're kind of going to go in some order. This is where really the draft can go in any direction, Amel. You could take Jimmy Graham here, like you, like you mentioned earlier – I've seen some Monty Balls over Eddie Lacy's. I mean, I've really seen – I've seen DeMarco Murray's. It's really kind of hard to decide. You just kind of pick your poison here. Yeah, it's tough. And, uh, and like uh, Dr. Roto said, if you're, if you're at the nine spot, if you get one of those he was talking about that usually go around seven, if you get a little lucky and one of those top receivers falls to you at nine, then you're two picks shorter in the second round getting you know, running back or you know, that position. That's, that's why I like nine. You're a little closer in the second round. But you got to have somebody fall to you at nine. To and I, and I feel like, and Dr. Roto, I feel at the in, in my gut when I'm on the clock at seven, eight, nine, and I'm drafting. In, if I was draft, I, I wish I could draft in the World Championship. I would. I've never been able to do that. But in, at seven, eight, or nine, I'm taking a wide receiver there, and I'm taking Julio Jones Roto. By the way, I'm not letting it. I'm not going to go with AJ Green. Although it, some will say it's more risky to take Julio Jones Roto. I love what he brings to the table, and I will get one of my running backs. I love Giovanni Bernard. I love DeMarco Murray. I love Monty Ball. I'll take Eddie Lacy, and I'll even take Le'Veon Bell, and I'll just, you know, if I have to, one of those guys will be there for me in a second. I'm sure of it, and I'll take that wide receiver in Julio Jones. Yeah, I think the pick really is. It's, it's A.J. Green. I will slide Antonio Brown there because he gets no love. He gets no love. Hmm. What did this guy do wrong? The guy puts up 20 fantasy points a week for you. So I will include Green, Jones, and Brown. But the best player of the three to me is Julio Jones-Roto. The question is his health. 
How many years can we draft this guy early to only see him get hurt? It's frustrating. And I think fantasy owners start to shy away. But you know what? You're picking 10. You're picking 11. You could be winning your league with that pick right there. All right, Dr. Roto, uh, with that analysis, let's move on. Emil Cadillac, final picks, 10, 11, and 12. There's guys that are like, where am I? You haven't said my name yet. I just entered the world championship, and you haven't announced my name. Go ahead, Emil. All right, let's get that over. Pick 10, Glenn Lowy, who we forgot about before because I said it early, the first number tenor, Dan LaSala, William Brewer, Philip Popo, and an old-timer, Scott Stoffer. He's been around playing fantasy high stakes for a long time. Yep. Jason, uh, pardon? He's in the Invitational. In the in, yeah, he's in the Invitational, yep. Jason uh, Kremin. And our last number 10 is Jerome Davis. Number 11, Brian Owens, no mercy. Henry Muto. Muto. Armand Rose, Money Incorporated. Greg Blake, David Bright, Patrick Sorgi, David McCose, and Todd Oldman, a former uh, champion of the World Championship a few years back, River Dog. That's it for number 11. On to the final position, number 12. Yep. Ronald Chan, Martin Raid, Jeff Rogers, Patrick Sorgi shows his head again. And our good buddy Simeon Yarborough, Mike Bush, Michael Feenberg, Gerald Maloney, and John Rosick. There you go. That that completes round two of the draft slot uh, selection for the World Championships. Thank you, Emil. That was awesome. We appreciate that. A lot of hard work. I don't think anybody realizes how much work goes into the randomization process, making sure, you know, keeping track of everybody that the deposits come in, the main event totals come in, and, and then slotting them out across all of the events. It's a whole lot of work. I have so much respect for what uh, the entire team does to make this happen. Thank you, uh, thank you for reading those off. Dr. Roto, yeah, 10, 10 through 12, man, uh, give, it, give us the strategy. You just got this pick, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, God, what do I do with 10 through 12? No, no, I'm not. I'm actually liking this pick. I, I like the 10, 11, and 12. I think it's great because I think I, this year I can come home with two wide receivers and be very happy. Now, I'm agreeing with you. I like Le'Veon Bell. I like DeMarco Murray. I like Monte Ball. But if I could get Brandon Marshall and Antonio Brown here, if I can get Jordy Nelson and A.J. Green, if I can get who I perceive to be two number one receivers, right, two number one receivers in a PPR, if I can get that here, I'm going to be very happy because the way I look at it, I think you've got Calvin, Demarius Thomas, Dez, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Brandon Marshall, Antonio Brown. If I can get two of those at that point, I'm going to be very happy. If I can't, then I'll be – I mean, I can get DeMarco Murray. What's wrong with that? This guy could lead the league in rushing. It's possible. You know, Bonte Ball has to get over the appendectomy, but he could have 14 touchdowns. I think this year I want to be at the back end of the draft. If I'm in the back end – I can win this league. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with the, the back end of the draft. I really love it. I like being at 10 more than 11. I like being at 11 more than 12. So if I had my druthers, it would be 10, 11, 12, just like that. But I love those picks just because you get those uh, two stud wide receivers. I'm seeing Antonio Brown falling uh, to 2-4, two, 2-5 two, 
even if you want Alshon, would you ever take Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey? Do you believe in? Have you ever seen that work where you do the two wide receivers? I've seen it work. I've seen it work, but I think you got to be really risky. But you know what? With the Bears, with Mark Tressman there, with Jay Cutler. It's not a bad move. It was a very good offense. So I could live with that. I probably wouldn't make that move, but I could live with it. Uh, wide receivers falling to the, uh, to the end there. It, it, it's, 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 it falls right into what I'm trying to say is it falls right into what the FFWC promotes, which is, look, wide receivers can hang with running backs. And that's kind of what we saw last year. Glenn Lowy, in his championship squad, it was very balanced. He started three running backs, three wide receivers, uh, or four wide receivers. He was doing it, for the most part, in a balanced attack, and that can happen here. You can even start five wide receivers in the FFWC with two running backs, which we saw a lot of last year. And so that 11-man lineup makes it extra challenging uh, to decide what you're going to do and how you're going to put together. I think more than anything, as long as you're firing away at your running backs and wide receivers in the World Championship format, I think – as long as you're taking the best player, best player available. Don't get too caught up with which position it is at this point because there's great positions, uh, great players in the first four. Everybody's team looks good, Dr. Roto, in the first four or five rounds. Yeah, I think people too worry about worry too much. Oh, I, what if I, don't, I need a running back here? What if I don't take one? I'll have somebody who's bad. I don't ever think that way. I always say to myself, I know the player pool. So if I'm comfortable knowing the player pool, I always go best player available. It was the George Young strategy when he was a general manager of the New York Giants. It's Jerry Reese's now with the modern-day Giants. The same concept. If whoever the best player I'm going to take, I want touchdowns. In a PPR, I want receptions. I want the easy points. And those are easy points. So never panic. I mean, look, all the best players will tell you it doesn't matter. Just give me my pick. Pick 12 is better than 13 because 13 means I'm not in the league. That's right. That's, uh, that's the best from Dr. <laughs> Roto right there. Hey, thank you for joining us tonight, my man. We, we appreciate the insight. Check out the video uh, that uh, the video series has launched. Scout TV is born. Dr. Roto is heading that up, a video just about every day. You can count on it every single day from Dr. Roto on, on ScoutFantasy.com. Thanks, Bubba. We appreciate you coming by. All right. Bye, guys. Talk to you soon. And you can take Dr. Roto on in the Roto Bowl if you are going to be in Vegas. He will be drafting. His online Roto Bowl sold out. It's sold out, but you can take him on in the live Vegas Roto Bowl, Emil. Uh, we, saw that, uh, we heard that today on your show, the Die Hard Show, with Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey. They had Dr. Roto on, and uh, the Roto Bowl started flying off the shelf after they had uh, Dr. Roto on. So kudos to Bob and Mike. Wonderful. You guys got a great show. Great show on series. Five, five yeah, to seven every fun. day? Incredible. Uh, yes, Eastern time, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's they have a lot. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest uh, for this evening, Chris Eibel. Uh, we, we, we checked out this, uh, this, this resume here, and it's got a lot of people talking. So, Chris, uh, welcome to Red vs. Blue. This is your debut, Bubba. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Excited to be here. So, and talk I appreciate to us about all your name. Uh, compliments at the beginning of this show, too. Oh, hey, I, I call him as I see him, bro. Rex Grossman, talk about the name. What, what's the fascination here with Rex Grossman? 2009, you code to the NFFC, and all of a sudden you're using this Rex Grossman name. Yeah, I can't, I can't give you a lot of reason or rhyme as to why that name was chosen. I think I was signing up for a fantasy football league. I had a few minutes, and Rex Grossman was a big joke to me at the time. So <laughs> ended up becoming my team name, had some success, and was like, well, now i got to keep it. So I, I, I've just stuck with it since and haven't thought about it. And 
people people ask why, and I can't really give them a good answer. Uh, pretty Chris, good. I actually met this. that guy a, a few years back when he was actually playing still, and I was taller than him, which scares me, as far as <laughs> having him be a talented uh, player. I got anyway. I got in plenty of heated arguments with my friends. I'm a Bears fan at the time, arguing whether whether or not Rex Grossman could win a Super Bowl for us. Um, unfortunately, I think they were proven right when uh, we did yeah. not win a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, which would have been my dream. But uh, it didn't happen, so his le- legacy lives on in, in, in my fantasy football team. Well, I wouldn't change my team name. It's looking like it's working pretty good for you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> a- absolutely. Uh, Chris, we've been talking about the draft slot selections. Did you hear your draft slot, and what do you think about it? I was pretty excited. I, I think if, if you had to ask me beforehand what I was hoping for, I think I was going for the – Four to six range would have would have been my preference. There are there are four guys on my list who I have at the top that that I really want a chance chance to draft, and now now I know for sure I'll have that chance. Yeah. Well, we and we don't want you to have to reveal too much here tonight because then maybe there's somebody that's going to be in your <laughs> league. They might they might uh, they might get a little edge here. But let's talk about why you know. Look, you've been playing in the NFFC and you've been at a tremendous record there. Things are going well. And to me, I mean, you're kind of stepping up to the FFWC in this competition here because it's the very best of the best play here. And, and so did that play into this, or what, what is it? Why did you decide to step up into the FFWC and Rotable Draft? Uh, I definitely saw you get the best of the best when I signed up for my league, and I definitely look forward to that, that challenge. But I think the main thing that, that made me sign up with you guys is, I mean, one, your league payouts. Uh, you know, they're beating all the other contests right now, and I'm some, I know I can win my league, and – you know, I want to take advantage of that. Um, I also really like that the, the expanded roster size. I think it takes a little bit of the luck out of the equation when, when, you have, when you have an expanded roster and you really have to make sure you aren't missing on your mid-round picks. And then another thing I like about, about your guys' contests is, is the focus on points rather than head-to-head. I don't, I don't necessarily like joining contests where a lot of it is out of my control and based on how my opposition does because I want my performance to be tied to exactly how my team does. Yeah, so it, it, it definitely uh, – we're talking to Chris Eibel, uh, team uh, Rex Grossman. If you check out the Global Player Index, you'll see his record uh, that, you, uh, that you've assembled. Talk about what, what, do you, what do you attribute that kind of success to? Look, I, I mean, look, I've only had, I think, two – out of all my teams that I've had, I've had two seasons uh, that have been top – 10-ish, top 15-ish, and now I'm sitting here looking at you, and you've had so much success with with limited teams each year. Is that a part of it, or I mean, because now that you're man, you're managing multiple teams now, that get that has to get a little bit of, a little, little challenging there. Yeah, I mean, in in the past, I've had I've had multiple teams, but haven't done as many main events. I've I've really been into auctions uh, over the past few oh. years, and and try to do as many as many of those as I can sign up for, and I'm. You know, I'm definitely going to join your guys' auction contest next year uh, because that's definitely my favorite form of drafting. But in the past, you know, I've, I've just slowly increased my, my number of leagues each year, and um, I expect to do that uh, going forward as long as I can keep having success. Yeah, it's 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 tough for me to figure out what it is. That uh, is it player picks? Is it projections? Do you tier? What are you doing at the draft? Are you, do you feel like it's more draft related or waiver related? Which is more important to you? Well, I, I think all all the good players are are on top of waivers and you know not letting a waiver period go by where they don't really think about you know 
where there might be an opportunity to upgrade their roster. But I, I know my approach personally is much more mathematical in terms of, you know, I, I highly doubt my, my player lists are all that different than other people's. I, th I think what I do do that they might not is sort of, you know, with each pick, weight the positions against each other and, and sort of look at what position might be the best position to take at that time. In, in other words, if, if I've got a wide receiver who's the best wide receiver on my board and a running back who's the best running back on my board, rather than really compare them against each other, I'm looking at my projections and comparing that, those projections to what a replacement player might get in like the 10th or 11th round. And just trying, at each pick, I'm looking at how much value that player is going to give me over uh, a replacement guy, a free agent guy I can find on the waiver wire at any time. And, I, and I'm looking for the greatest differential at each pick. Fascinating. That, that, I like that. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a little VBD mixed in there with, with a little bit of eyeballism. Yeah, uh, a little, little hybrid little, little, VBD little. and looking at uh, what you can get if you don't get that guy because you can only pick one player around. So that, that's very interesting. V right. V I'm glad to hear you're an auction guy. Pardon? And, and, and like I think Dr. Rota was saying, um, you know, I'm not necessarily looking at each pick like, oh, I need a running back here or a wide receiver here. You know, at each pick, I want to get the most value I can. And, and rarely rarely do I have too much value sitting on my bench that I can't use. That's, that's, that's a rare problem to have, I think. What do you? Uh, what, have, what about waivers? You've you've been playing. A lot of people are trying out scout fantasy leagues for the first time, whether the thirty-five dollars scout leagues or the main events or the Roto Bowls. They're trying out this, and they're they're hearing about this waiver system that we use. And in, in in this world, we use the blind bidding, free agent acquisition bidding. Talk about what what you've learned there. Do you feel like you've mastered it? Do you feel like it's a complete mystery? I I feel like I haven't learned anything in the entire time. I just every year's different. You know. I would say in the past I've probably had less success on waivers than some of the other top players. Um, when I'm looking at waivers, though, what I'm what I'm trying to figure out is is if if a player on my bench doesn't really have any potential, if, if he's never a guy I could envision feeling good about starting if he's if he was in the right situation, then why am I keeping him on my bench? I constantly want to cycle those players out and get players on my bench who are maybe an injury away from, from becoming a star. And that involves a lot right. of, uh, you know, throughout the year, you, I'm what I'm looking for most when I'm looking at free agents is trying to find the running backs who are going to be handcuffed. And that's always changing. And there are always a couple back, new backup running backs each week that you, know, you can grab onto and just hope someone gets injured because those are the guys that tend to be, tend to be stars out of nowhere. Absolutely. I, I, what he just said, Emil, is so money. That's exactly kind of what, that, that's, that's what I do. I'm always looking for those high, high ceiling guys. I don't really care as much about their floor. I need a contributor like on my bench, maybe one, in case there's some kind of thing that comes up for the week and I have a backup there. But for the most part, I want real high ceiling guys, Emil. Is that how you approach it? I do. I'm, I like, you know, you're kind of taking risks. You're trying to see into the future. and Because uh, obviously if you can nail somebody like that, which it just makes such a difference on your roster. And, and like you said at the beginning, you don't take a week off. You're always reviewing the uh, free agency every week. And, you know, you go in and at the end of the year, sometimes you go, wow, I didn't get that guy. Oh, yeah, Joe got him because I, I was fishing that weekend and I just was mad and I decided not to do free agency. It's, it's not work because it really doesn't take that long. You just have to be consistent with it. 
and uh, not you know it's really difficult. It's you know again like I've said before, you know we when we play fantasy football, we don't a lot of stuff we can predict some, but there's always an element of unknown, just like in the NFL. And if there wasn't, it would be boring because we'd know what happened. Yeah. So you're not going to get yeah. them always. Well, so you got to realize I'm not going to get them every time. I may get one super every year, maybe, but I have to put bids in and I have to think about it every week to be able to to have that opportunity to get a good player. Who from, I, you know, I, I, I literally drive myself batty. I drive myself batty the, the entire week before the the waivers run, and I'm I'm constantly changing, and I literally could change my waivers 50 times. And we really worked hard on our waivers this year, and I think that's just the best waiver uh, interface that we, that I've ever used. So I, I I can't wait to to sh- you know to let have the players using the waiver system and to be able to you know uh, put their waivers in, save them any kind of time we can because waivers are very important. And you go into it, and, and I'll talk to three or four other people talking about a guy or or a certain guy. I, I think we be I I don't think that I give that enough credit. The, the the Rolodex that I have of good players that I could just call up and say, hey, what do you think about this guy? What, what what's going on? You know, we're picking each other's brains about certain guys until that final waiver bell rings at uh, on Wednesday night at nine o'clock, and then you get to unwrap your gifts and see what you got. And sometimes you you overbid, and, and nobody in your league took the guy, and then other times you you got completely blown away, and you just kind of you know your waivers didn't uh, amount to much at all. Rex Grossman. Chris Eibel is our guest, an amazing uh, record so far at the NFFC, and he's coming in to the Fantasy Football World Championship, and he's going to take a shot. Uh, and, and, Chris, I, I want to I ask, get some specifics for the, for the chat room here and, and the listeners at home. We only have uh, 10 minutes left in the program. Give us somebody that they can draft, somebody that you're looking at outside the top seven or eight rounds or so, non-quarterback, you feel could provide people at home Top five, top fifteen production. Now, look, a lot of people will say, "Why does he want to give us the picks?" And I'll tell you why. Because when you're in the, this world of high stakes community, you are wanting to see this industry grow. You're wanting to see your competitions grow, and you want to kind of put yourself out there on the map. And so, people are literally, literally going to write this pick down and say, "Chris Ivo, okay, who's he going to give us tonight?" And if it's a total dud, well, you know, well, maybe we'll say he was holding it close to the vest. But it would be nice if they could look back and say, "You know what?" I heard this guy. He won a lot, and I went ahead and took him on a lead because I listened to your show. And man, Chris Eibel is the one that I uh, I owe that uh, that ten thousand dollar Dominator prize because I took him. So who's that guy that's going to give him get him over the hump this year? You know, the, you know the answer I give you now. It will be an honest answer, but I but you know it's going to change in one week, two weeks. Preseason is going to change. That's things. fair. The guy I'm really watching right now, and and I just want to see how good he is. Is Carlos Hyde? He's going. He's mm-hmm. been. He's been going in the ninth, ninth, tenth, tenth rounds lately. Yep. All the all the concerns early about having so much talented competition in that backfield just seems sort of seemed to have dissipated with Kendall Hunter being gone, Marcus Lattimore. The the, the stuff you hear at a training camp makes makes it sound like he's still a little bit of a little bit far away from actually contributing. And all he has ahead of him is a 31 year old Frank Gore who coming off 320-plus touches, including the playoffs, and, you know, he's 31 years old. And if Carlos Hyde ends up looking like a significantly better talent, I don't know how long they keep him off the field. I love it. I love that. Emil, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm taking Carlos Hyde everywhere I can, just about that spot. I'm, I'm getting my Carlos Hyde fix in right about that ninth, 10th round range. Yeah, that's, you know, he's one of the guys, um, 
Speaking of auction, again, I had an auction draft a couple weeks ago, and um, late in the auction, uh, <clears throat> Frank Gore was available, and I, I, I really kind of needed a little bit better back, and I had a few extra bucks. So I took him, and then I immediately turned around and got Hyde as a handcuff and had to pay like $11 where he probably should have just gone for 3 but yeah. that was okay with me. I saved my money, and now I've, I'm in good position in the auction. So I, I like him. You know, I mean, I I like that guy, uh, Devonta Freeman for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I like him is is, is uh, Stephen uh, Jackson. You know, has the probability of of you know not playing certain games. And usually, free uh, usually Jackson goes down and misses the game, so you know that's an opportunity for for somebody to come in. But that one's more of a complete risk where you're hope you're waiting for an injury, which is more of a yep. flip of a coin. Yeah, I love the Carlos Hyde pick. Good, good job, Chris. Uh, let's move on. That landmine pick, we had a lot of them last year, and a lot of times these are due to injury. So, again, I'm not going to hold you to it. But who's that guy that you're just saying, you know what, I don't want any part of this guy. If I'm drafting at this spot, you know, I will just pass on him, and I don't care how far he falls. I'm going to pass on him, and I'm going to let that be somebody else's problem. First first round pick. Well, you know, injuries aren't entirely unpredictable, and with his running style, one guy I'm staying away from in the first round is going to be Eddie Lacy this year. And there are a couple reasons for that. If, if I'm drafting in the middle of the first round, I either want to get a safe guy, a wide receiver, a Des Bryant or Demarius Thomas that you were talking about earlier going around six or seven, or I want one of those high upside running backs to fall to me, which, you know, something, someone like a Matt Forte or Adrian Peterson, those guys are going to go through the three, three to seven range. If I'm going to spend an early, that early of a pick on a running back, I want it to be someone who has the pass-catching potential to just have an amazing season. Because with any running back, you're taking a huge risk in that half these guys are going to get hurt. So if I don't see that potential to catch 50, 60 passes, I, and I, I look at a player like Eddie Lacy, who I love watching run, but has that high-contact style where he's taking a lot of hits, I, I don't see the upside to take him with the middle of the first-round pick. Emil, what do you think about that? I, I, I've, I've heard well, several players, a, including our, our own Ian Ritchie, say uh, that that was the bust guy that he was going to yeah. avoid this year. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't believe Ian at the time, but now now, uh, now Chris said it, so I'm kind of believing it now. That was a joke, yeah, by well, the way. But, <laughs> no, I, I like that idea, and, of course, he's, you know, he did have a, a concussion last year, and I like your point about the PPR and the catching the balls. And it's a good point. It's a good point because we know what's so difficult. We're all in this hope mode. We all are hoping, oh, this guy's so cool. He's young. He, he looked great. It's a hope. But you really have to look at it statistically. And the last few years, running backs have been getting hurt. So you really have to seriously look at, you know, the, the intangibles about, you know, about what, uh, what he just said and uh, make some choices. And that, that's a good one. That's a tough one. But I, like I think it. a I've lot even... of people just expect that jump to be made in the second year whenever you have a rookie running back coming off a strong season. But you also have to look at it and see that a lot went right for Eddie Lacy to have the season that he had last year. And he gets Aaron Rodgers, which is one of the reasons why the appeal is so great because it's going to make things so much easier than their, their ability to just stack the box on that guy. And I just love watching YouTube sometimes when I'm when – I'm, if I, if I do have any time at all, I'm usually watching footage 
of players, just to remind myself of what it felt like when, I, when these guys were racking up their 15, 20, 25-point days. And Lacey had, you know, 35 catches in a rookie season in 14 games you, without Aaron Rodgers. So is Rodgers going to uh, go downfield? Absolutely. He's, he's fearless. He doesn't. He has huge, you know, great confidence in his wide receivers. He won't check down as much probably as those uh, ragtag bunch of uh, wide uh, quarterbacks that we had in Scott Tolzien and all those guys. But I think with Lacey, you've just got so much potential there to be just monstrous. Uh, if he can stay healthy, that's the thing about running backs. And so there's no way I would take a Lacey over those proven stud wide receivers. I think wide receivers just seem to be – they play a little bit more of a durable game than, than the running backs, right? I mean, I haven't, I haven't researched that statistically, but it seems like they don't get hurt nearly as much. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, Chris Eibel, thank you for joining us, man. Good luck this year in the Fantasy Football World Championships in Rotable. Really glad to have you here and to introduce you to the world. And next time we'll have more time. We need to find out a little bit more about you, just, you know, where you're from and uh, all that good stuff. We didn't even really have time for that because it was just such a show that I wanted to get information out, and you did such a great job of, uh, of, of delivering it. It's, it's, uh, Emil, it's, it's V.I.B.L. D. V.I.B.L. D. He brought it up tonight. Chris, thanks for joining us, my man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like it. What a, what a career, dude, he's had in such a short period of yeah, time. Since 2009, yeah. you've put together wins like that. I mean, how do you even do that? He's got to have – he's yeah, got to be seven, real confident seven going years into out of nine making, make, Yeah, seven years out of nine making the playoffs, that's just that's just hard to do. I mean, that's just you really need, hard to you do. Need, you need one of those humbling years, too, you know. I mean, that kid, you remember Santos? Mike Santos did the exact same thing in his first couple of years. It was just unbelievable. Everything he touched was 10-1, and 11-1, you know, 10-2, 11-1. Every league was like that. And now it's just, you know, you, you take that for granted. But, you know, you need one of those humbling years, too, just to kind of remind you that fantasy what, gods are quirky, you know. But what a, what a, what a career he has. And I'm that's glad those, to see him those, uh, jumping in. That's those farm boys. you got to watch out for them. They, they seem to know what they're doing. By the way, Schroeder lives on a farm, too. New England and Philly, 42-28. Muto's talking about it. And I knew this was going to be an absolute shootout. And i got to tell you, I'm, I'm really feeling the Ian Ritchie, uh, the Ian Ritchie pick uh, for comeback player. He had Tom Brady on there. And, and when you start to think about it, with mm-hmm. everything going for that team, it's, it's going to be uh, – I bet, I bet Tom Brady has a much better year. Check it out, everybody. At, you can go to fftoolbox.com, and you can find the expert picks the preseason pro, make sure you check it out because you get access to all of the best players in the world that win every single year or, or just about that. Uh, you get access to all their content just for coming, becoming a Scout Fantasy subscriber. You get access to all the Scout content. Emil, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate all your hard work it's on the draft block, buddy. Absolutely. And next week we'll have Looking Mike Trent back and uh, the action all starts this week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.